One of the quirkiest things about Phil Hands is that he's a cartoonist who's good at math. And I suspect, Phil, that you are better at math than you are at spelling. Would you agree with that? I wouldn't say I was good at math. I'm good at math for a journalist. <laughs> ah, okay. What's really important is that I'm a horrible speller. Well, let's find out how horrible you are, Phil. Let's pretend this is the final Jeopardy round of the state spelling bee, which the Wisconsin State Journal sponsors, by the way. And you have to spell one more word to win. Are you ready? Here we go. Okay. Apolastic. No. <laughs> Can I have a definition? Uh, sure. It's an adjective meaning one who is devoted to enjoyment. Uh, country of origin, please. It's from ancient Greece. Uh, can you say the word one more time? Sure. Apolastic. And can you use it in a sentence? I'd be happy to, Phil. Having bellied up to the bar for hours, an apolastic Phil Hands held court on Wisconsin politics with anyone who would listen. Um, and can you please spell the word for me? <laughs> oh, I can't do that. Apolastic. Come on, you can at least take a shot at it. O P A L I S T I C. How many letters did I get wrong? Let me pronounce it another way, just for emphasis here, maybe help you out a bit. Apolastic. Oh, it starts with an A. Yeah. Apolostic. A-P-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. Oh, you were close. It's A-P-O-L-A-U-S-T-I-C. Our guest on today's Center Stage with Milford and Hans. Probably would have got that one right. <laughs> she did get it right, Phil. Uh, <laughs> is Kelly Lecker our new executive editor of the Wisconsin State oh, that's, Journal. that was her word, wasn't it? That was her winning word in 1985 when she won the Wisconsin State Spelling Bee. The State Journal at that time, when she was in middle school, paid for her and her family to go to Washington, D.C. to compete in the National Spelling Bee. Fast forward 37 years later... And Kelly is now the editor of the Wisconsin State Journal, and we're going to talk to her today and introduce her to our listeners. And maybe Kelly can spell some Wisconsin-specific words for us, which are always very difficult. On Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are, with Kelly here today, half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The more orthographic half, Scott. Orthographic? I googled it. I think it means people who spell well. So welcome to Center Stage with Milford and Hands, Kelly Lecker, and more importantly, welcome to the Wisconsin State Journal. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Excited to be home. Yeah, you grew up in Wisconsin in Cecil. Right. And I looked it up. That's 145 miles. We like to do this in the paper to identify communities across the state. <laughs> for, for, for people like me who aren't from Wisconsin. Exactly. Who need to you know haven't where memorized played. all these small towns yet. I mean, I know some of them, but yeah, I've never heard of Cecil. Sorry. Fair. Well, Cecil, as we would say in the newspaper, is 145 miles northeast of Madison in Shawano County. Shawano's not easy to spell either. No, do you want to take a crack at it, Phil? Can I say S-H-A-W-N-O? 
Oh, you're close. close. It's an A-N-O at the end. A-N-O. Yes, but you're from Cecil, right? which is a very small town. You grew up on a dairy farm. It's actually smaller than the town I grew up in in Fond du Lac County, Brandon, which was 872. Cecil's about 500-something. It's 500. It was 373 when oh, I lived there. Oh, it's population explosion. <laughs> it's a yeah. population boom, I guess. So yes. you grew up on a dairy farm. I grew up on a dairy farm on Cheese Factory Road. Wow, you are more Wisconsin than I am. So, I am so, very Wisconsin. Have you milked cows then? Yes. Lots of cows? Lots and lots of cows. So I used to get up at 5 a.m., milk, help milk the cows, then go to school, wow. then come home, work at Dairy Queen. That was my high school experience. There's a Dairy Queen in Cecil? No, in Shano. Okay. Yeah, in Shano. You understand agriculture. Did you then graduate from high school and you went to UW? Stevens Point. Stevens I went Point. to UW Stevens Point. I majored in journalism and Spanish, and I minored in military science, which really was more about um, teamwork and leadership and that kind of thing. It was a great, great experience for me. But military science, can you like analyze the war in Ukraine then and talk about the different tactics? Or is that not anything you, you, you studied? No, we didn't quite go that far. Go Maybe that... if you majored in military science, I guess. <laughs> but that was, I mean, we could talk about Ukraine, but I have no inside information. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good though, because we often, I often hear from readers that I'm sure you've heard of the Madison bubble. That people live in Madison for so long that they forget about people's reality outside of Madison. And so sometimes we're accused or maybe just reminded of the fact that many of us, even though I'm from a small town, I don't necessarily understand farming. I don't necessarily understand the military. I didn't serve. But we now have an editor who does. I think that's a really good perspective to bring to the State Journal. But you then quickly left the state for your journalism career. I interned in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and then I moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I was a crime reporter there. Then I moved to Toledo, Ohio, which was a great city. Go Mud Hens! (laughs) (laughs) Anyone who's old enough knows Jamie Farr. I'm surprised (laughs) Phil's old enough, actually. actually, Yeah, that's true. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm a Mud Hens fan because I grew up in Detroit. I'm a giant Tigers fan, and that's Uh, the the farm team for the Tigers, I, I've right. I've actually been to like a dozen Mudhead games in my life. Nice. Like, I love going down to Toledo to watch the Mudheads play. Do so. you know what the show Mash is? Yes, I've, I, know about okay. the, I know about the Chili okay. Dogs, but that was only tangentially. Okay. Gotcha. More of a baseball fan, Mudheads fan, than I'm a Mash fan. So. Have you been to their new field? Fifth Third Bank Field? Yes. Yes, I've been there. It's a great place. Yeah, Toledo is a great city. So I, when I was in Toledo, I was a projects regional reporter, and then I was a projects reporter, and I edited a little bit there. And then I moved to Columbus, where I think I had every job at the paper except um, photography. <laughs> I, was, I started as a reporter. I led the digital team for six years. I was the city editor and the managing editor, interim editor. So I got to experience a lot of different things there. What year did you start in Columbus? I, started I don't want to date you, but... <laughs> it's fair. Scott already kind of... He already threw <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> sailed with the 37 years ago. My apologies. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I started in Columbus in 2004. Okay. 
So I was there for 18 years. It's it's a great paper, a nice city. In a way, Madison reminds you of Columbus a lot. Obviously, as a big university, it's a capital city, but also, you know, the growth here, the growth and development really mirrors what is happening in Columbus right now. I've been to Columbus recently. I would say Columbus is a little more real than Madison is. I mean, like it feels like a real big city in a way that Madison sort of feels like a fake big city sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, Columbus is is interesting. Yeah, it's a fun place. You were saying the politics of Columbus are somewhat similar to the politics of greater Madison and Wisconsin. Right. Yeah, it's interesting how the similarities because obviously Columbus is a very democratic city. The city council is all Democrats. The city leans very liberal. And then once you get out of Columbus, that changes. It's much more conservative. There were lots of debates in the newsroom about do we still call this a swing state because it's really not very left anymore. It's more increasingly conservative. And when I came here, I realized kind of the same thing. It's a very different world outside of Madison when you look at Wisconsin politics. Wisconsin's got uh, several like small towns that are still sort of – and we've got some bedroom communities that are still pretty lefty around Madison area. It's not like you leave oh, yeah. Dane County and all of a sudden it is bright red. I mean, Baraboo is a pretty progressive place and, yep. and, and some, of the area, uh, some of the other small towns around us. And I'm sure Columbus is sort of like that too where there's bedroom communities that are pretty progressive still. Right. But they also have a lot more people who used to work in manufacturing in Ohio who no longer have those jobs. And that's kind of the ripe for Trump base area. Mm-hmm. That is a great point, yes. And there still are plenty of liberal areas in the rest of Ohio. Obviously, most of the big metro areas in Ohio, and Ohio has a lot of big cities. Now, why did you come here? I know the editor is the premier job, the executive editor, but you were the interim editor at a much bigger paper in Columbus. Why did you decide to take this job? A lot of people have asked me that question, (laughs) which is interesting. Lots of reasons. The biggest reason is I've followed this paper since I was in high school. So I love the State Journal, and it's a rare opportunity to to lead a paper that I love that sent me to the Spelling Bee. That's and I love Madison. It's just such a fun city. You know, of course, it's smaller than Columbus, but it feels like a big city. It's it's dense and it's fun, and every corner you turn, there's independent stores and restaurants, and it just has a really energetic vibe to it, and I appreciate that. And of course, you know, being closer to my family is no small thing. I am just far enough away from my family. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. They're two hours away, so I can visit any day I want, but no real drop-ins, so it's a perfect situation. Which side of town are you going to live on? And this is important. You probably didn't know this, but a lot of people in Madison, if you live on the east side where all of the true, good, modest people live like me, that's the east side. Or you can live over there on the west side like Phil. The hoity-toity Tony. Yeah, they got more money and they're stuck up. And, and, and We I'm, are stuck up. <laughs> and I'm kidding mostly, but I think Madison and there's east and west high school and there, there's always been this kind of east-west divide. Mostly just the mall, Scott. 
Yeah. So what what side of town are you going to live in? So I should have hired you two as my real estate agent. So <laughs> <laughs> a very real tour of Madison, apparently. So I might mess this up because I'm still learning Madison, which is uh, not a grid. So a little tricky to learn how to get around. So I am working on buying a house in the Bay Creek area, which I believe is on the south side. You're right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's a very diplomatic residence for being the editor of the newspaper in Madison because you're not taking sides. <laughs> right. East sides or west sides. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle. Yeah, Just that's where a great I community. Be. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there. My, my daughter, my, both of my kids went to Franklin Elementary School, which is right right down there. So I'm going to be living just three doors down from there, I yeah. think. And you don't fish, but you scuba dive. Is that right? I scuba dive. I like water sports. So I scuba dive. I kayak. I paddleboard. Um, so the water is a big draw for me, which is one the one of the only things I didn't like about Columbus. Very landlocked. Oh, yeah. We did a video a couple years ago where the Diving Club in Madison took video of sunken treasures that are in the bottom of the Lake Monona and Medota. And I did a quick link for you. It's go.madison.com slash treasures. So you have to check that out. I will. I also did one quick link for our listeners. It's go.madison.com slash lecker. That's L-E-C-K-E-R. So they can read the story about you being hired on the job also in there is the clip from 1980-something. I'm not going to date anybody. Uh, 1980-something's bad enough, Scott. Yeah. From when you won the state spelling bee, it was fun to see that Joe Jackson took the picture. because Oh, yeah, it was Joe Jackson? Yeah, Phil and I know Joe very oh, well. Nice. Legendary photographer here at the State Journal. In fact, his family goes back to the Civil War era and started the first hospital in Madison. Readers can go check out that clip if they want. Maybe just turning to journalism for a little bit. What is Kelly Lecker's impact on the State Journal going to be? What are you going to do with this newspaper? What are your plans? I'm still working on learning the ins and outs of this paper, but my overall philosophy, because this is a really talented staff, and I've just I've only been here a week and a half, but I've been really impressed at how thoughtful people are here and how smart and how hard they try to really produce balanced news that that reflects the community. So my overall philosophy is my job is to remove the obstacles that are in the way of the reporters and editors and photographers to do great journalism. To be a little bit more specific, a few of my early goals is I want to try to build the connections with the community. I hope to reach out to community members and leaders and organizations just to try to build some bridges and see what they're talking about. What would they like us to cover? What do they think are undercover topics here? And um, one of the other things while we're on the subject of community building is I'd really like to identify the neighborhoods that have historically been maybe undercovered by the media Mm -hmm. and try to 
make some inroads there. Um, you know, in Columbus, we started this thing called the Mobile Newsroom. So we worked with the library system, and we would set up in the libraries in different neighborhoods, and we would just work from there for a month at a time. And people could come talk to us and bring story ideas, complaints, whatever they wanted. And, yeah. and we would be out in the community eating at the restaurants, visiting the stores, talking to neighbors. And it really did help us better understand the city so we can reflect the community better. You were in charge of investigations yes. at the Columbus Dispatch before you were the interim editor. Are we going to be doing more investigations? I guess the nuts and bolts of journalism are what happened yesterday, but the guts of journalism are investigations and digging deeper. And that's one thing that the State Journal can do that really not many other media outlets in our area have the capacity to do, to take somebody for six months and look into something. So can you talk just a bit about your passion for investigative journalism? Sure. I agree with you that if you think about what hap- what would happen if, if journalists went away, what, ha- what would happen if there were no newspaper reporters? Well, nobody would be serving as watchdogs, right? Nobody would be keeping an eye on how how your money is being spent. Are public officials acting appropriately? And I think that is our most fundamental purpose as a news organization. And, And I hope to do plenty of investigations here. It's one of my biggest priorities. When we were in Columbus, We worked on projects ranging from, we looked at the warrant system and the millions of outstanding warrants that were in place across the country um, and the lack of kind of a national system to to serve those warrants. There are people on very serious crimes who've been, you know, just... In another, in the next state, and nobody knew it. Um, we did a project on DNA and and convicted inmates, and we asked judges to agree to let allow DNA to be tested. And we worked with the Innocence Project, and asked that these tw- I think there were twenty inmates could they who could their DNA be tested, and they agreed. And seven of them are out of prison now because wow. they were wrongfully convicted. And if the newspaper hadn't intervened and hadn't done that project, those seven people would still be in prison for crimes they didn't commit. So that's a very serious role for a newspaper. What I love about really good investigative journalism is that it's not partisan. So you've got one story we are talking about tracking down people that should be served by police and aren't. And another story where you're getting people off who've been wrongly convicted. And that's what really good investigative journalism is. It doesn't go left or right. It just goes to the truth. Right. Yes, that's exactly right. And and I think, I mean, the goal is who who's being wronged here? You know, what what system has gone wrong that has really – and most – the other – the other commonality between those two projects is that they involve real people who are suffering because of a government oversight or because the right system's not in place and or because of bias and and that's what I like to do like let's look, let's look out for the underdog here you're joining the editorial board you're not just running the newsroom welcome to the editorial board also and the best board. Yes. <laughs> and you had your first editorial board meeting with our community editorial board yesterday. I think of our role in the editorial board similarly in that I don't think of us as being liberals or conservatives. I think of us first and foremost being a strong advocate for open and good government, which isn't or at least shouldn't be a partisan issue. But 
Our tagline on this podcast is we're in the sensible center of Wisconsin politics. I think of myself politically as liberal socially, and then I try really hard to be fiscally conservative, but I often fail. And uh, what about you, Phil? I am the most conservative person on the near west side of Madison, meaning that I am pretty liberal. <laughs> so, no, I, 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 you know, I'm more of a, I think I'm a European liberal. So, like, you know, limited government, respect people's rights, but social issues completely progressive on, basically. Yeah. And your role is a little different than us in that we are opinion journalists. We're supposed to have opinions. You're We're the, full hey, of opinions. People tell that all the time. <laughs> Full of it sometimes. (laughs) But one thing that listeners might wonder is, well, what are her politics? So what are your politics and how do you see your role on the editorial board? So that's a good question and a tricky one for an editor. (laughs) You know, this staff, the new staff works very hard to produce balanced, objective journalism. And I don't really want people to read the news through my political lens. But I will say this, that, you know, decades of journalism, and I won't say how many because we've already covered that. (laughs) Decades of journalism. Just a couple weeks, a couple weeks. You know, 37 years seems like just yesterday to me. It does does to me too. I'm not sure I was potty trained 37 years ago. Oh, no, here we go. But decades of journalism has given me access to people from the entire political spectrum. So, and it's giving me access to experts who can provide balanced counterpoints to, to my way of thinking. And that's a long way of saying that over the years, I have become so much more moderate and centric than I ever was when I was young because I can see all the sides of the issue and and I spend a lot more time now looking asking myself how will this issue be viewed by people who don't share my background and don't share my upbringing and might not look like me how did, would they see this issue and so That has made me a very moderate thinker, if that makes sense. Journalists are trained to go and hear what everybody has to say. And one of the problems, I think, with society and politics today is people aren't hearing what everybody has to say. You're hearing it in the Wisconsin State Journal, but you're not necessarily hearing it on the social media channel that you prefer or the cable television channel that you prefer. And I think when you hear from people who disagree with you regularly, which we do all the time, all the time, (laughs) you have a much greater appreciation for the world and politics and difficult issues, not being black and white, but being very gray and very complicated. And that a lot of people, their perspectives make sense for them, even if you don't agree with their perspective. No, that's true. And this, by the way, really irritates my friends because they like, like you said, you know, they their social media feeds and their news feeds tend to reinforce their own view. That's natural, right? So they don't like me constantly playing devil's advocate to whether I agree or not. It's just my role. <laughs> yeah, I have people say that to me. Why don't you just take a side? Pick a side. Join a team, Scott. Join yeah. a team. Yeah. That, that so. is one thing I love about our editorial board is we aren't on 
teams. You know, we don't play for Team Democrat or Team Republican. You know, and if when, when either side messes up, we are right there to tell them they've done wrong. We've also tried to be our community in our state's best friend, but also its most constructive critic. And I think that runs throughout the history of the paper, always looking out for the public good. And I'm sure you'll add to that. Yes, and I think that that's true of the news side too. I mean, one thing that I really want to get across when I talk to people in the community is we live here too. You know, just because we expose wrongdoing or we highlight something that isn't working so well, it doesn't mean that we don't love the city or we don't love the organization we're writing about. It just means that we're trying to look out for people who need to need looking out for. And there was a time, I think, in journalism where journalists tried really hard not to get involved with the community. They tried to keep it keep ourselves at an arm's length. And and I don't think that works so much anymore. I think that we're partners and we will point out every time something, some group, especially the government, does something that is wrong, but, but we're still partners in the community. I'm just really excited to be here. I mean, we, we are going to strive to be, to be urgent and reflective of the community. And we're, we're going to do some quality, impactful journalism, and I'm really looking forward to getting started. I noticed you did play softball. What position? I played second base for oh, most of the I time. I was a second baseman, too. Were you? Yeah, wow. I love that position. I knew there was a reason I liked yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> we got to stick together, these second base people. Were you a good hitter? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I was a good second baseman, let's put it that way. I played through high school, well, up through my junior year of high school. I really enjoyed it. That was really the only sport I played. Otherwise, you know... I was in a lot of different things. Um, 4-H. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So what was your 4-H project? I had many projects in 4-H. The big one was we show, I showed cattle every year, uh, dairy cows, obviously. That was a lot of fun. I, took a, I showed a dog once. It ended badly. So never did that again. <laughs> how, how did it end badly? Well. They don't do what you're want him to do, right? They did not. He just wanted to entertain the crowd. You had to make him stay and then walk 30 feet away. And he just went crazy and jumped on everybody <laughs> and um, jumped on all the other dogs and ran away. It, it was, yeah, which is funny because now I have a dog who is very badly behaved. So apparently not a good dog trainer, but I'm working on it. Uh, I showed rabbits. I did crocheting, photography. Um, I think that was it. I did food. I did some food things. What's the name of your dog? Fezzik. Fezzik. Have you ever seen The Princess Bride? Of course. He's the giant, the gentle giant. Yes. So when... I have a friend who's a vet, and she volunteers for a rescue group, but she convinced me to foster a dog in March of 2020 because I was home all the time. We all were. So it's the only time in my life I had time for a puppy. So I agreed, and I went to pick him up, and the other puppies in the litter that they had found were seven pounds, and he was 13. Gentle giant. (laughs) Is he gentle? He is, no, he's enthusiastic. Let's say that. (laughs) You were on the debate team. I was on the debate team. I was in forensics, which was basically public speaking. I was on the yearbook staff, the newspaper staff in college. So you came down to Madison for the forensic finals for state? I did. Yeah, I did too. I was good at the four-minute speech. 
What was your event? Oh, nice. I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember. But, yeah, they, I mean, both forensics and 4-H, you know, they teach you leadership and public speaking and really teach you how yeah. to get out in front of people. And when you uh, – I. I often say that 4-H was a, was a defining moment for my childhood because I started when I was eight and my parents were very smart to encourage me to be involved in everything that put me out in front of people mm-hmm. because that gets you really out of your shell and, and I'm really grateful for that. And I was a mathlete too. Oh, a math! Oh, wow! That's wow. probably better at math than yeah. I am. Scott. That's, that's unusual for a journalist. <laughs> Although with data journalism, that's changing. It is. It is. What's something about you that might surprise people? The scuba diving is is a real passion of mine. I actually just yesterday booked a trip to Belize for 2023. Ooh. I'm going to Turks and Caicos in a couple wow. weeks. That's awesome. Um, We've been all over. We went to we went in cage diving to look at great whites in oh. Guadalupe Island. It's less scary <laughs> than you think. I don't know. They're so beautiful, wow. and I would just feel like an appetizer. <laughs> they didn't seem too interested in us. There was tuna in the water, and they liked that. Uh, we went to um, the Galapagos Islands to see whale sharks. We've been to wow. the Maldives. We it's just a great way to see the world because we get to travel and also see the underwater world. So that's nice. And during the pandemic, I decided to teach myself to decorate cakes. So that's my new hobby. I'm a cake decorator. Well, uh, let's see. Our birthdays are not coming up till November, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah. October for me. Yeah, so. <laughs> maybe, October 30th. Maybe like a 4th of July <laughs> cake I like, I like lemon flavor, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to uh, end the podcast on some spelling questions, but these aren't going to be the kind of questions you think. Okay. First of all, we can't do like Oconomowoc or, you know. Which is where I was born. Or Wanakee. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So see, that's what I mean is you get all the the strange Wisconsin spellings and they're actually just Native American spellings mostly. Right. Not strange. But you'd get those right. So we couldn't go with that. And we can't just spell words because you were the champion speller. So we thought we'd grab a couple words from Wisconsin politics that are very difficult and just see uh, if you can get them. And you're going to need to know them eventually. So, Phil, you want to start with uh, maybe the easiest one, well, the speaker. E- the easiest one is uh, assembly speaker. His name is Robin Voss. And it's a, it's a spelling that almost every letter writer gets wrong. Do you know how to spell his last name? I'm going to guess V-O-S. She got she it. Got See, it. look at that. Yeah, look at that. Just about every, that letter writer, every letter writer spells V-O-S-S. All right, we're getting a little harder here. Madison's former mayor was Mayor Dave Chislevich. Or, as Obama said, Cieslowitz. Yes, Obama could never pronounce it right. And when he first got into office, our newsroom struggled to spell it correctly without double or triple checking how to spell it. So, and he just went by Mayor Dave because it was too hard to pronounce or that's spell. That's what everybody called him. They just gave up on Chislevich. You have any have any idea on that one? That's a hard one. Yeah. So C E C. Am I right so far? Nope. Ah, you lost. It's C I E S L E W I C Z. I had the ending. I nailed yeah. the ending yeah. because that's yeah. a very Wisconsin end spelling to the. <laughs> Final one, which this one is impossible too, but the new Senate Majority Leader is Devin 
Lemahue. Good oh, luck with no. that one. I don't even know if I can spell it right now. Let me. Do you have it, it written down? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, how do we know if it's right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to have to, for sure, I'm going to have to just Google this. Yeah, can we just Google it? <laughs> All right. L-E, and here's its trick, too, capital M. Why is that confusing? Well, that would have been tough to get, no? Oh, Lemmy yeah, him? I think so. L-E, capital M-A-H-I-E-U. I always mispronounce it. I always call him LeMayhew because that's how it seems like it should be pronounced. Because it's French. Right, and that would make the capital M more obvious. Yeah. But it's, he pronounces it LeMayhew, apparently. Yeah, and there's huh. Glenn Grothman. Glenn is spelled G-L-E-N-N. So, yeah, there's some, there's some oddball ones out there, but you'll get them. In no Glenn, time. Glenn Grothman is from Glenbeulah, Wisconsin, which sounds like a perfect place to make whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some simple ones like Phil Hands. So yes, it, I like it. That one should be easy. My, my biggest question that I want to know from the editor is, how many extra days off do cartoonists get to play golf when it's nice outside? <laughs> Two? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's more than he has right now. Great. Now I have to do the letters to the editor another couple days a year. It's it's on the air now. You can't take it back. Our theme music is by Tube Tester.